0: All right, welcome to episode 5 of the 2020 Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Matt, Scott's with me right now in our separate isolation booths. Scott, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, we've just read some big news from the Sydney Morning Herald. Scotty, how about you fill us in? Well, there's
1: a possibility that the uh, ARL sign off for the 21st of May, returns a football date. So we could be having NRL back on the 21st of May.
0: How awesome. is that?
1: But the, I suppose the catch for the other teams is a, potentially could have teams out in Penrith, up to eight teams in Penrith, being isolated with the hotel and having the uh, the complex, the brand-new uh, facilities out in Penrith for teams to train at, play at, and isolate themselves out. A few in uh, Olympic Park, because I believe Newcastle, Canberra, and the Warriors will be able to... Newcastle and Canberra will travel on game day to Sydney while the Warriors would have to spend a 14-day isolation period together and they could travel in and out, and it would look like the government would lift their thing. So they'll be,
0: what, so I well, suppose they've, eight? They've got an exception. So an yes. exception from uh, Australian and New Zealand governments to come to Australia and have a 14-day isolation period where they can train. But yes, it all of a sudden looks like the NLV may be returning and way earlier... We actually thought, how good is that? But this is a Bulldogs podcast, so let's get to it. Bulldogs lose. Uh, Joe Stimson set to have surgery on the injury he sustained in the round two game against the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, no date has been set yet for that one. And also, Jaden Ockenbohr and Corey and Lyra uh, appealing their... D registrations from the NRL, so we'll see how that one goes. Just, any comments on those two stories? Yes, I do actually have a
1: comment. First of all, I want to apologise to Joe Stimson. A few weeks ago, I did say in a podcast, one of our episodes. I don't know if you remembered this, that I said I believed he was hooked from a game with his missed, yeah, missed that's tackles.
0: That's right. You claimed that he was hooked. That was, uh, but <laughs> That was just
1: the observation that it just found it bizarre that a second rower only played like twenty-three minutes or something like that along those lines of starting second rower. To start the yeah. game and only play 23 minutes, but it looks like injury forced him out. And then there was a few missed tackles he did make, and uh the Cowboys ran around him and made him look a bit silly. Looks like we now know why. I was about to say it's unlike Joe. We, if you, you see him at play at Melbourne, he doesn't. uh He never looks that silly in defence or anything like that. So we now know why he was caught off guard. Which is, uh, it was actually a shoulder injury. He tried to power on. So well done to him for doing that. And I do apologise to him. It was just an observation I was trying to make on the game day. I didn't see any clear. Injuries and lower t- tackles. I suppose he did get hit after he passed the ball to Nick Meaney, but I thought he was all good to play on after that. So I do apologise to Joe. Yeah,
0: it wasn't an obvious injury. Uh, quick yes or no, Scotty, Jada Lockable, Corey Halliwell, and Lara should their deregistrations be overturned? No, they shouldn't. Fair enough. I think we'll leave that part there and get into what we did on the weekend because um, we well, could you could you say that we hosted a watch party? I'm saying we did. I'm just... We did, all right. We, we definitely did. Uh, two thousand and uh, two thousand and three yeah. match was it? Yes, two thousand two thousand and three Bulldogs versus Roosters, uh, and then we followed that up by joining in with the sports best friends um, watch party as well, which was Canberra versus the Bulldogs in nineteen ninety four. But let's start with the Bulldogs versus the Roosters. What were your initial thoughts of the game and re-watching that one?
1: I was watching the game, yes, like when I was watching it it was actually quite a sloppy game it was error after error, <laughs> drop ball after drop ball from both sides uh, Yep. I was watching it and then you could just start actually picturing what was actually happening next when, when it was coming, because I remember that game fairly well, except for the error part of the game but didn't the last 10 minutes make the game worthwhile? I remember watching it, like, but like Watching that, the last ten minutes had all the drama. There was turn turnball after turnball, it was we're winning, they're winning, we're winning, they're winning, we win. So it was, it was yeah, it it
0: definitely was... wasn't a high quality game, was it? Um, it's a game that the ending, I think, all of us Bulldogs fans remember. And before we sat down to watch that, I thought this is the game where the Brent Show and Matt Utai try happens that we spoke about earlier a few weeks ago, but. None of the rest of the match actually was any, um, didn't ring any bells for me, really, to be honest. And I thought, why is a game with such a great ending not actually more ingrained in the brain? And I think, well, the handling errors and all that is a forgettable game apart from the ending. Mm.
1: <laughs> but I do actually remember the show until the imaginary kick.
0: Very good try, very good try. Just take a sip of water when you threw that over there. But um, what about the accuracy of it though? Like? I was pinpoint. Oh. Uh, it's, it's a thing of beauty. It's I don't use this word too much, Scotty, but that was orgasmic rugby <laughs> league.
1: I I must say, I was tweeting this game. So for any mistakes, yep. I don't think it looked as professional as your one. Actually, your one looks really good. I did have the graphs oh. up on mine. However, <laughs> which was the fun, the hard thing to keep up with the Fox and I Roll was they actually cut sections out after try. It went from try, quick replay to goal kick, from goal kick to kick off. So it didn't have the actual normal breaks you would have. I suppose you have your 15 seconds or 20 seconds. Ah, So it was very hard to keep up to date. So when I was tweeting something, I had to get rid of it because it was almost like something else happened, which was more important to cover which was trying to keep as live as possible but the fun thing I had with tweeting and the, the best thing I enjoyed the most, like if I had to give a man a match in that game I'd give it to the number 7 Brent Sherwin for being involved in almost any everything, especially the match winning try the kick to Haswell Majri my favourite tweet, I want to just mention that I thought it was the most cleverest one was the, the, the Jonathan Thurston try it was the little yes. grubby kick and it popped up to Jonathan Furston. I don't know if it, you saw the tweet, but I did like to th- think because it was such a clever kick and it just popped like you couldn't get any better service. So if you're chasing a kick, you couldn't get any better service than when you're chasing like that pops up to your chest high and you'll be able to catch the score. Yeah. That I said, Pop, I said, Sean puts a grubby kick in behind the roosters. And then I said, Furston says, Thank you very much. And he crosses over the line. I thought that was pretty clever because that, <laughs> that's how it felt watching it. It was just like a little kick popped up. I was like, Oh, thank you. Like, how easy was that? chasing
0: through oh yeah it was a nice nice little try but a few things that um i guess dawned on me while watching it uh well one was the the talent of jonathan Thurston, right like uh at the time i don't think i really appreciated how good he was at such a young age but during this game he didn't do a hell of a lot to be honest but the stuff he did do he had a little touch of class yes
1: yes yes i agree
0: i don't remember remembering that back at the time but um we all knew he was a talent, but that class is what I'm actually talking about here. The second thing was, I'm surprised that even only in 2003 we're having fullbacks return kicks off restarts and and that sort of thing. That is dead and buried in the game now. You'd never see Kalen Ponger take the first hit up off a, off a kick. No,
1: yes, I've, that's what surprised me. Both the games is that when you actually look back and you forget, it's actually the the outside backs taking it off the kickoff. I think Utah took a hit up off the kickoff as well in that game, which surprised yep. me as well. Like, how, and usually only if it was an awkward kick would a winger or a second row, even a second rower, would take a hit up. It's usually your stock standard. Your prop, yep. or your, your prop, or your, even your lock would take the first hit up. But to see like Utah take a hit up off its kick, what wasn't overly awkward at all, could have
0: been easily passed to a prop, was amazing. Which took me by surprise. I wonder whether um, this adds because of the modern kickoffs or the modern uh, attacks there. As Scott gets on the ventilator by himself. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's the kickoffs or if it's the um, the way the teams line up now that makes sure that that doesn't happen. Not too sure. Uh, so you've gone now. The match shifty. I think I'll have to agree. Uh, there's a few standouts there. Uh, I thought Mason was good. Um, What's my trailer for? There was a few stats Oh, Braith for last time I was going to talk about. I thought uh, he had a tough game with the hands. Oh, on he, Some he, passes didn't help him out. But he oh, a I didn't think,
1: I've, didn't think he played good at all. I know, I know a lot of people put a lot of rubbish on Braith, especially these commentary doesn't help in recent times. But he was, <laughs> he was a good player for the Bulldogs, but that game was, does, doesn't highlight how good he was. Like, you could see 2004 as well. And the, he was good for the Bulldogs But that game. He wasn't up there in the top. He, he, he can be better. I thought Steve Price was pretty good, actually.
0: <laughs> oh, you always knew what you got Yeah, Price, I isn't? just
1: watched him and enjoyed him. Just um, trying to think. Brent Sherwin in defence as well, which amazed me on the cover defence he did when the Roosters made a break. And he literally saved the day. Haswell measuring his up and in defence. I know it's been highlighted. Every Bulldogs fan knows this. But I think sometimes a great scheme of NRL fans didn't know how good he was up and in. He knocked Ryan Cross, Cross sorry, off his backside. And Ryan Cross is like twice the size.
0: And Ben Harris really oh, really had a good yeah, game?
1: Yeah, you, you, you research him up and you think... I've used him as an old dog because of how much I like Ben Harris. That It's such a shame he didn't play 150 plus games for the Bulldogs. He had all the talent and you know.
0: Yeah, he could've. All right, should we hop in the time machine and go back to back to the Yeah, 90s? let's go back. Let's go old school. All righty. So uh nineteen ninety four Canberra versus Canterbury at Belmore Sports Ground. First of all, how good did a packed Belmore sports ground look? I think it was uh twenty four thousand people. Yeah, twenty
1: four thousand packed. Uh I've got actually some interesting facts that you want to, might want to hear. Well, facts or ob- observations I got from that game. I don't know if you no know. That was the first year Steve Allen was the actual MC of Bulldogs games. And you could hear him at the background. So
0: <laughs> I, was, I wasn't I, listening for it. but uh, I, heard yeah, him,
1: I heard him as good as he is today. His voice is as good as it is <laughs> to in today's games. So it's good to see Steve. And the 50-meter line. I swear, it was mowed mm. down lower than any other part of the field. <laughs> it was mowed at like a level one, where the rest of the field was mowed at a level three.
0: Okay, so there's some odd I... observations. Um, so this was the this was the big sports. Sorry, not the big sports. The Be- sports best friends podcast hosting this one, and we had fans from all over the place uh, tweeting about it and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Terry Lamb was amazing. Scott Wilson, an unknown player, was amazing. Oh. Um, just while I was speaking about Sports Best Friends, they've just released an episode about why, uh, who and why is Scott Wilson the best player in that particular game? So there's some information on it for Bulldog fans to go check out if they want to. Um, but that first half by Wilson was amazing. I, I didn't even, when I saw him on the team sheet, I didn't no, recognize him. I didn't, I didn't,
1: I had no idea. I, had, I actually gave him a quick Google search.
0: To, uh, Craig Polamowna. Yeah. I remember, I remember loving him as a young one, and I, I, I was reminded why. What a player was Craig he was. A, he that. was a good to watch. I enjoyed watching. Yeah, we had the old old school forwards like Marty Bella, uh, Glenn Hughes was playing up there. Jim Dimmick. Oh, what a team it was. But what a, what about the team they're up against? Oh, that camera oh, side
1: right? looked unbeatable. But,
0: <laughs> they just didn't show up in the first half. They did. Well, they, they the the
1: Bulldogs. They played much better in the second half. But the goal kicking from they... More yeah, tries they than Don
0: Ferner
1: yeah. was just off the yeah. radar.
0: <laughs> it was interesting because it came up uh, when he took his first kick. That he was at 43% for the year. And I was like, oh, that is as low as I've ever seen it. But you, you, you don't know, right? You go, oh, he might have had some real hard ones. It was early on. Uh, from the sideline. Who knows that? But every kick, it was a shank. It was a I'm pretty sure he shank. hit the corner post on one <laughs> kick. The opposite corner
1: post. He kicked it across the face. That far, I think, hit... The top of the corner yeah.
0: post. So, none from three for him. Dog scored two tries, kicked what, three penalty goals uh, through the boot of Daryl Halligan, um, who I didn't think did too much during the game, but he uh, uh, was the difference good touch the finder. Boot.
1: That's what I also noticed. That it was good to see him actually go off his wing to kick a ball for a penalty to touch. Just, just another observation that I watched. Like he kicks one about 30 meters yeah. down ground, which was actually a pretty good kick. That was good to see. Instead of your standard half-track with five eight kicking it for touch, like you see a winger off a decent boot. Yeah. So um, another thing that I thought I thought Terry Lamb was probably the bear of the match, involved in everything. However, yeah. the person I like to want to talk about, Martin Bella, like you already mentioned him. Yeah. Whoa, what a game that he played! Like he lifted against.
0: He only, I think he only played. He lifted minutes, against so. the
1: Raiders, but the runs he was making and the fact that he looks like a truck yeah. driver. He looked like a truck driver, <laughs> a labourer of some sort. But maybe he had to go and finish off his shift. I don't know. Maybe he... <laughs> but
0: it... I think it was towards the end of his, his playing career. So he'd go out there, give us a good start, and then the, the younger guys at the time would come on. Um, Darren Britt was off the bench. Yes. What a legend he was. Yes, beaten um...
1: has it hasn't he changed hasn't much pay apart pay, from the grey no hair. Like, he still looks as... He's That's still so. looking, looking well, going, good. Looking
0: <laughs> good. Watching the a game from ninety four through the lens of twenty twenty, some things that uh dawned on me was the game was a lot looser, wasn't yeah. it? Like I think when you watch football year on year on year, there's slight changes here, slight changes here, slight changes here. Ten years later it's a lot different to what it was ten years before. Even the two thousand three game will talk about some some differences and that's that's considered relatively modern. Um, those passes out the back going left and right uh, from all positions all over the place. Second rowers, Hughes was throwing it around. Dimmick, the ball-playing lock, was throwing it around, which is not that uncommon. Um, and We all love a ball-playing lock, but what about a ball-playing mm. second row? <laughs> I
1: actually wanted to notice that, going a little bit off, Jared McCracken, the centre, who actually popped mm. up on the opposite I noticed in the game, especially in the first half. He actually popped up and I was just thinking... Because it's now unheard of your center really popping up on the other side unless like, so there's a massive break, and your center runs in support mm-hmm. or your opposite winger runs in support to try to help with the break to either defend it or attack it. Yeah. But you never see centers, and I was just thinking, what a, for just more recent time? I was like, we could have done that with Josh Morris. We could have done that with Josh Morris. Like yeah. he had the size, the skill, the speed. If he popped up on both sides, teams would be like,
0: oh no. So, Justin Hodges used to do it a little bit but it's like when we talk about the halves how many times have we complained about having a left half and a right half um, same with the centres they just stay in their little corridor now um, where before they used to roam around almost like an extra 5-8 or fullback the, sort of thing the um, only
1: team I see today that pushes that a little bit is Melbourne with the two wingers Vinavalo and Adokar when they have scrum plays and they're both next to each other. Yeah. The, one of them's gone to the opposite side of the field and they've jumped into the centre for a set play. All I,
0: yeah, but that's a set, set play though, isn't it? Not yeah, just I just, just a want to game. see yeah. even like
1: if it's a certain set play or, a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a thing they tried out in training where it's off a random tackle three, catch someone off guard. I was just thinking just recently with Josh Morris, like he was our last really explosive centre, that someone catching a... him popping up on both sides of the field. Well, I don't know. It was just the thought I had.
0: It's a, it's a catch-22 though, right? Because if, if we're saying this is what we want to see and then one of our centres goes to the right-hand side of the field to do it, does a bit of a roaming job, and we do a, left, a left-hand sweeping play and the center's not there and the ball goes over the sideline, that's yeah, the first yeah, thing I... that said. Where was our left centre? Another thing is too <laughs> that
1: if you tire them out, if they go too much, our left centre goes to the right-hand side mm. or the middle of the field to try to catch them off guard a little bit. That when it does come to the left, he might be a bit fatigued yeah. when there's an open spot and might butcher a relatively easy break yeah. that they're usually good at going through
0: well the the game was a bit slower compared to the pace that's played at now. I think the defense was a bit more uh, probably less um Sorry. on the ventilator Sorry. again <laughs> um is it, the defense is uh, more intense now I reckon, so maybe that's why. The game's got its own way. I'll we'll finish the talk of this game with this. I'm going to disagree with you with me the match. I'm going to give the man of the match to Ricky Stewart. Uh, Canberra would have won that game if there was 10 more minutes mm-hmm. left on the clock. Um, the siren beat Canberra, I believe. I thought we we played pretty poorly, apart from the first 20 minutes. All right. What, uh, what are we going to go into, Scotty? We're we going to go into our teams, or should we go into the trivia podcast that you want to speak about? I reckon teams first. Teams first, alrighty. So this week we decided that with Fox Sports personalities coming up with best ever teams, something that we've already done, we're ahead of the curve, of course. Uh, we're going to come up with our favourite team. So we've lists. Well, I've done one for the seventeen, and it's just my favourite players in basically every position. Obviously, it's a Bulldogs team. Is that what you've done, Scott?
1: My team is my favourite seventeen. Bulldogs players and it's based off different reasons why they're my favourite so it could be based on a good experience when I met them
0: once <laughs> fair enough alright I think we're going to go position by position we'll go the way down our team eh? Yeah, I like that alright cool so who you got at fullback I've got Luke Patton Luke Patton number one okay I've gone with Rocket Rod Silver interesting yeah. I thought we'd we have to say one sorry no. Uh, I used to love watching Rod Silver play at the late 90s, so I've gone with Rod Silver there. Sweet. So, I
1: was already hit with the wingers?
0: Yep. I thought you were going to go to why you got Luke Patton. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'll go to why
1: <laughs> I went Luke Patton. I just, uh, I don't know, just... I suppose he had that, like, lazy eye, if that makes sense, when he was playing. And, I don't know, just cross-eyed. It, cross-eyed. Sorry. I found it kind of cool that, you know, he always didn't looked like a footballer, but he was a footballer and he was a very good one. I just remembered that he's very underrated. And there's times especially from O four onwards that he just kept making there was times when he couldn't stop making breaks and scoring tries. So I just I don't know just a bit of that. I remember meeting him he was a very nice guy and I actually brought up a memory to him and he actually finished off the story. That <laughs> and actually told me a bit what actually happened inside the scrum. There's that big fight against Manly. And the Bulldogs went up to score a try and Luke Patton was the person who scored, the only one who didn't fight with anyone. So the
0: only one who kept playing, yeah, And, that's right, and yeah. they went
1: to the video for it and he actually told me what happened. He was just basically saying Marco Milly was just talking crap the whole time, enough <laughs> to get hit, but you can't see, you can't uh, hear that on, you just only see the footage so, Luke Patton got the try and he said he thanks Mark Emilia every day for that. So, there
0: you go. <laughs> All right. Who you got on the wingers? Go both wingers.
1: Both wingers. I went for try scoring and I thought you'd yeah. go number one try scorer, goal kicker, Hazel O'Majiri. Yes. And then the next best, uh, Matt Uthai.
0: I've got the exact same. So, uh, the two, team, uh, two wingers from the early noughties. Uh, Hazel O'Majiri, obviously, try scoring is under-talked under about. Needs to be talked about more. Uh, the greatest try scoring in Bulldogs history. Greatest point score in Bulldogs history. And Matt Utah, what a little pocket rocket. I also, one, of the rock, one of the rockets, Scotty. Also, I've gone with uh,
1: Utah as well, a career highlight for him, making Old Dog last week. <laughs>
0: just, just... There you go. <laughs> All right. In the centers, I'll go this time, then. I've got, you know, oh, we're going to be different here, Scotty. Uh, I've got Josh Morris and Jamal Idris. Oh, wow. Yes.
1: You could tell that if I said we had the same, would you be freaking out?
0: Do you have the same? No,
1: I do not. But I would just... just...
0: <laughs> I would. I, I would never guess that you'd pick Jamal. You definitely got Josh there.
1: Actually, shock. Josh Marsh is not there at all. All right, tell me you go. I got Chris Mortimer. Because you... Oh, yeah. Just the name, the history, everything. The Mortimers. And I've gone with one of my favorites. He doesn't get spoken about much. And I just absolutely love him. Willie Talao.
0: I almost put Willie Talao in. I actually put him in and took him out for Idris. <laughs> I,
1: I just loved Willie Talao. I loved yeah. his size and everything. and I don't know. He just always stuck with me, even though many fans might not remember him as much. He just always, for some reason, I remember. All right.
0: I've gone Josh Morris because I think he's the best centre we've had in the last 30 years. And Jamal Idris just because um, if he never left, the potential that he could have had. So I'm taking him in his prime, of course. potential he could have had could have been... Endless. Mm. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be, but I'm gonna go with him anyway. Plus the size out there, I didn't mind having I don't mind having some size in my backs as I think the listeners will be well aware of at this stage. That's fair. Right, okay, really this was difficult for me because I had uh, yep.
1: three halves I picked. i managed to squeeze them all in somewhere. But <laughs> I would say my five eight you can't go past Terry Lamb. I don't think any I agree. any five, eight, you can uh, any Bullets fan can't go past Terry Lamb. You just watch him in the uh, the ninety four game. Just legend,
0: and then even if you haven't, he's my um, he's my captain as well. So I've got him a five eight.
1: Actually, he's not my captain, but I have him as five eight. Right. I think even if you haven't met Terry Lamb, I think he deserves to be five eight anyway. If you haven't seen, sorry, if you haven't seen him but met him as well, how good of a guy he is when he does Bulldogs events.
0: And he's yeah, done. we've been lucky enough. So there's
1: Terry Lamb and the halfback. You again, Mortimer, Steve Mortimer. You can't go past two. I mean, almost did actually, but.
0: I've gone past, Obi. I thought you would have.
1: <laughs> but I almost did, I'm... but I had to put Steve Mortimer. Legend bloke. Played in such a great era for the Bulldogs. He's, you watch highlights and everything. That's why he's a favourite of mine. So he's, I put
0: Steve Mortimer there. I think it's no secret that my favourite player of all time is Brian Sherwin. So I've gone with him. Uh, we'll just move on. Uh, in the forwards, who's your front three? Okay,
1: here we go. I've got number eight. I think it's no secret that the, I think as well the podcast I think you can guess who he is I just oh you're on. not going to go so he one of my all time favourites he's been to the club for a long time he's still playing Aiden Tolman at number 8 ok yep played the most games the Bulldogs anyway in front row anyway just love his workhorse Michael Ennis number 9 and Steve Pryson and, okay, and yep. Steve Pryson at number 10
0: alrighty do you want to see who I got yes I would I got Darren Britt at eight. <laughs> Corey Hughes at nine and Steve Price at Oh, so you got
1: one the same. I actually spoke <laughs> a little bit why I picked Adrian Tolman, but I want to see why you picked your three, and I'll explain why I picked my last two, if that makes
0: sense. All right, so uh, Corey Hughes, I think um, he's up there with Ellis. He's not far off as overall talent, but he played longer with the club, and he's more of a bulldog identity than Michael Ennis is. So, and plus, I've always, I always like the Hughes's. Uh, Darren Brut is just a legend front rower throughout the 90s.
1: Okay, so, I've told you why I picked Tolman.
0: A favourite of mine and also why I met, like,
1: when previous experiences meeting him, such a top guy, and then Tolman, Michael Ennis, was actually a slip of the coin between Corey Hughes and Michael Ennis, but for some reason, I just like his, the way how he pushes, I think he pushes the envelope a little bit more, and I like, it just makes me laugh.
0: Oh, that that's that's controversial, Paul, from Scott yeah. there. Pushes the Everlight more than Corey Hughes. Wow. So,
1: I had to put him <laughs> in there. I don't know. I just love the way...
0: We've definitely gone for the similar type of hooker, though, haven't we? They're both hookers that could be in the halves. They both get under people's skins. They're both players that you'd hate to play against but love to play with. So, we've gone similar... Similar style. And but...
1: also, when I haven't unfortunately never actually had the ability to meet Corey Hughes, and this is where Michael Lewis flips over the top. I've met Michael Lewis on a number of occasions, very great guy off the field. And <laughs> Steve Price, what else can you say? I actually think I picked him at the start as well because the, the ability to charge down with his head, I think, is a very understatement of Steve Price. When he charges down with his head, it's like a douche off his head. It's like, oh.
0: Burrows and then he it.
1: picks up the ball. He always picks up the ball. So. Steve Price.
0: All right. Second row in lock. Who okay. you Okay.
1: Josh Jackson and and yeah. as captain.
0: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Big call. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Steve Folks
1: at number 12 and David Stag at number
0: 13. There you go. Interesting. See, Jacko's not even my vice captain in the team I've got. <laughs> okay. Well, let's put your your back. I'm your vice, vice captain Darren Brook. My back free. i I've gone with Josh Jackson. Yep. So he's in there. He's in there. I've gone with uh, Glenn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Uh, brother of Corey, of course, a legend player in his own right. Ball player, could play at lock and at 5'8", if you wanted him to. And at lock, I've gone Jim Dimmick. Jim Dimmick, yes. That's
1: it. I, so, I've, the reason, I'll quickly go with my reasons. Josh Jackson as captain. I actually, I keep saying this. I think he's a very, very good captain. And I think some of the wins, what we've been going through this difficult time, is all alone. Steve folks I almost have him as the coach as well of this team. That's how I spanked So I have him in a second row. Yeah. I've got Locke David Stagg. I've got actually a very, very workhorse type of back, back row. I love my workhorses. Yep. You know, I love my workhorses in the forwards. So that's why I yes. picked them as my. Apex. I don't really have an explosive, I suppose, overly explosive
0: in the front row. Forwards. Yeah. But
1: my bench does change a little bit
0: for that. Okay. Uh, well, mine's uh, I've got I've obviously got the ball player group, haven't I? Huge Jackson, and yes. It. Uh, I love it. I love a big ball playing lock. Um, I thought the last was better suited to that than five eight when you just with the club anyway. But well, let's continue. Uh, so on the bench, Scotty, I don't know how you've done it. Have you done it as an actual team, or you've just picked four of your favourite players? That I actually down? I picked
1: three players that was actually my team, and I had picked number seventeen, who's a utility, but. I Probably wouldn't have picked him in the team, but I picked him because I liked him pretty much to miss him out. So that make sense?
0: <laughs> so, so I've just laid my four favorite players. So, let's go. For your okay, bench first. so
1: I went Marco Mealy, so I went for a very aggressive bench. Yep. Marco Mealy, Jeff Robson, Frank Twitchard, oh, wow. yep. so very aggressive. Jeff, Jeff Robinson. Robinson, sorry, I do apologize. I was
0: not the Granola the halfback.
1: <laughs> no, I actually meant the Cronulla halfback. My... No, <laughs> Jeff yes. Robinson, I do apologize. Shoot me down, yep. sorry, And number 17. I had to win with Brent Sherwin.
0: So, who was it? O'Mealy, Robinson... Pritchard and Brent Sherwin. Pritchard yeah. and Sherwin, right. Okay. It's so hard to leave players out, isn't it? Because there's two players in your team that I want on my bench, but I haven't. Um, my bench has gone Mark O'Mealy. So, we've both got Mark O'Mealy. I've gone Reading the two. Oh, yes. Um, and then my 16 and 17, uh, in no particular order, but... Craig Polamata and Steve Mortimer, and the only reason I put Mortimer in seventeen was so he could have seven of Interesting. <laughs> so it's not like it's not that I like Polamata more than Mortimer. It's just that <laughs> you have the seventeen. I would just
1: so I've I've when I named the team as well, and I looked at my team, and this is my favourite team. I I also love an aggressive bench. So I had to switch. Yes. Sorry, I had to switch like a few players a little bit on the bench because I like a bit of aggression to come on to impact the game as well. So, anyway, right. I had to put Brent French on
0: there. De- yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. I've got Craig Pullum out of there for the same reason you got Shifty there. Uh, Mortimer's the greatest ever halfback, so he had to be there. Ready to I loved uh, his, his speed on the edges and Mark Amelie, dominant front row forward. Um, playing devil's advocate a bit. Uh, I don't necessarily want to, but uh, I'm sure people out there will be asking... No room for SBW.
1: No, you said my favourite. He doesn't come close.
0: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, when when you've got all these other players, he doesn't fit in, unfortunately, for him. All righty. Last week, I was lucky enough to be on a trivia podcast, uh, Sports Best Friends, a social club, uh, where we talked about the biggest tiger. So thank you to him once again talked about uh well actually asked me a whole lot of questions about the bulldogs uh and now your opportunity to respond to anything that might have been said on that podcast i
1: must say i did most of the negotiation of this the conversation myself and managed not to get on the show so that's interesting how that worked out for myself anyway that's a matter yes i've got to put my positives out there before i Start with my little attacks. Right. I must say, favorite <laughs> podcast I've ever listened to
0: of all time. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's, that's all big T, so all credit to big T for that. I think big... he
1: was fantastic, and I think you were great answering the question. Some of the, uh, uh, when I listened to it, I played along with you at the same time. So yeah. I think you we would have almost finished at the same points because I think where I stuffed up that I think I gained one on you. And the one I've gained on you is, first of all, 2017, The Captain was James Graham. You needed, um, <laughs> you needed the...
0: I got that correct. I
1: still got stuffed up with the uh, runners-up question. I said 9 when it was 10. Yeah, so it was 10. Uh, so, so but go. also, antidote. I think your antidote in that was fantastic. However, I got an additional one to add to your one, which I wonder if it's worth anything. I don't know if Big T would like this, but I hope he does listen to it. Is that St. George and the of Dragons game when they were up? The uh, Sorry, the Bulldogs. Who did the Bulldogs eliminate in the 2017? Like, they are going to play the finals if they won. Which was the dragons. Uh, the answer yeah, they, was the dragon. We eliminate from the so finals. So we eliminated yeah, the yeah. dragons, right? We weren't making yeah. finals. Dragons had... To, it was meant to be an easy win for the dragons. Uh, a few yeah. fun facts. That game was played on Father's Day. Okay? But yeah. the, my favourite story, which I think was worth a few points, which I think he would have liked the big tea, was that... That was the first time that ANZ used the whole Eastern Grandstand as general admission. So the reserve seats were on the cameras, so all the members had their seats behind, you know, the in the shade. In the shade. It's but the they used the, the general yeah, admission yeah. on the yeah. opposite side where the sun was, and it created a really – it looked really good. I think there was about 24,000 or 23,000, something in that number, but it looked so much more because people, all the GA people decided instead of sitting, you know, behind the post or on that corner piece, they sat on the 50-meter mm. line. And it, and it made it look yeah. so big on TV. The crowd looked so big. I I remember I didn't go to that game. I was watching it from. I was watching it, and I just looked at the crowd and was like, "Holy crap! There's about thirty thousand there." I don't know, but I thought that was a good story because I remember they were selling GA tickets in the spot where it would usually be your Category One or your whatever you call it, a Platinum seat. So there's a little story for yeah. you. But apart from that, you added all the other stories I had. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. All righty. Um, anything else to add for this podcast? Oh, we have a bit of an announcement. Uh, I we won't reveal all the details, but this weekend we'll be recording a podcast that is completely different to anything that we've done before. I think we'll leave it at that, Scotty. Uh, so Ooh. It's going to be different. It's going to be different. Uh, so we hope you enjoy the direction that we sort of want to take it, but it's going to be completely different. Uh, there might be another voice on it. Awesome. I, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> alright anything to add before I we wrap it up 20... back on the 21st 21st of May that's incredible if that happens that is I... Christmas so that, that's crazy we're, we're all thinking July a couple of days ago people were talking about June 1 being a possibility but May 21st Scott gonna wow.
1: lock us up for the next two years if he wants to
0: Football Florida's keeps football going. If like he tells me
1: I can't attend the game for the next five years, I don't care. As long as the football overall keeps rolling on, I'll watch it from home if I have to, even Oof. though I prefer being at the game. but
0: uh, Yeah. I, I do care if it's five years of going oh, I, go I to do, game. but I need the football. <laughs> the weekend's about football.
1: Yeah, I, we need something. It's
0: just dragging. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll give you some tips. Yeah. While you're in isolation, read a book. I finished one book and I'm on to another Uh, sports books of course Um, if you've got Foxtel or KO if you've never seen an ESPN 30 for 30 it's a little documentary Um, the documentary series it's actually really good based on American sports but even if you know nothing about sports it's produced in a way where it's really really good uh, and it just pulls your attention in It's, it's done really really well so anyone out there looking for things to do Without footy, there's a couple of things. Uh, we might do another watch party. Yeah, I want to add that on
1: the watch party. If anyone's got a game they want us to watch, I have a few up my sleep, but if there's a particular yeah. game, don't care if it's finals. I don't care if it's round one. I don't care. If...
0: Yeah, not for us to watch, but for us to watch as, yeah, a, as, as a, a fan group. group. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I don't care if we're not making finals. I don't care if it's a good game for you for some reason that it's may not be the highest quality, but for some particular reason that game stands out for you. And it doesn't have to be the highest quality game. It could be for any reason. Since so you You want us to watch it and we'll tweet about it, I'm very happy to do so. We're very happy to do so. And uh, we're happy to bring a watch party. And, and if we can find a way to watch that particular game, we'll make it work.
0: We'll make it work and show people where to watch it from. There we go. All right. I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to us rambling on in another isolation week. Um, see ya. Bye.